This episode is brought to you by Arden Labs Education. Sign up today to learn advanced concepts in Go, Docker, Kubernetes, Terraform, and more. Visit ardenlabs.com forward slash education for more information. Hi, welcome to the Arden Labs podcast. And our special guest today, all the way from Nigeria, is Henry Irabo. Hey, Henry. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's a privilege to be here. I'm honored. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, I found your name on Twitter. I like to go through the the Golang tag, and I saw some kind of cool stuff that you were doing on Twitter, and I thought, I got to talk to Henry. I think Henry would be a great guest for the podcast. And I am really completely clueless about life in, in Nigeria. I've been to Kenya, I got to Nairobi, and that was amazing experience. Um, so I'm gonna have a lot of questions for you. Uh, this, this podcast is kind of really about your journey through tech. Seeing you on the, the GoFeed was really awesome. And so why don't you give everybody like a minute or two uh, to tell them a little bit about yourself and what you're doing right now. Presently, I'm employed as a software engineer in a company in Nigeria. So um, we use Go, Golang as the technology for the backend and development. And uh, at the same time, uh, we used a couple of other tools like um, GraphQL and Postgres and AWS um, for the management of all our cloud services and the likes. But uh, um, my journey into Google actually started. Yeah, no, 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 no. Don't, don't tell me this yet. I got, I'm going to take you there. I, wanna, I, I got questions. We're not going to start there. But what is it that your company, what, what does your company do? What is it that your company does? What are the problems that you're, you're working on? I would say we provide um, a kind of customer relationship management system whereby companies that provide loans give us their customers to try and see how we can help to collect um, the loans that they have collected, the customers that collected from them. So we, we kind of provide a, a debt recovery system. And we the, the aim is to ensure that um, all this is managed from the agents that are in charge of reaching out to the clients, to the respective customers, and also to the partners that, uh, in other words, have a whole lot of agents under them. All right, so you have all the tech related to help these agents uh, talk to the customers to try to get some of this debt repaid. Okay, so, so I, I wanna jump into the time machine right now and try to bring you back. And my, you know, one of my favorite questions to ask every guest is, what's your very first memory that, you know, first memory that pops into your head of you working with or using a computer? Getting close to 40. I'm not yet 40, I'm 30. I became 38 around June 7. But how old, how old were, how, how old were you when you saw that first computer and got to, got to get your hands on it? How old were you? I was close to 10. So uh, then the first time I saw the computer was um, during one of the 
computer studies classes. So we all went, that was in primary school. So we all went straight into the computer room and you see all the computers lined up, you know. I don't think I'd ever seen a laptop then, just saw a computer and I saw the box. So I was like, this is more like a TV. So I thought this was more like a television screen, but just that it had a, a keyboard. So in a way I could um, relate it with a typewriter that had a screen. So, and the first um, screenshot, I can still remember the first screenshot I saw in my head was, um, like in uh, more or less like the command prompt environment that was way back then i think someone was actually trying to switch on the system while we're walking through the um the computer room and i saw uh that this looks a bit different it was just i think the background was black and i was seeing a blue um, blue writings like a dark blackboard where you have writing you're writing with chalk or white chalk so that's more how I would describe it. So I just looked at it and wow, this looks like something where you can just keep on typing things on, or like a TV screen where you type things on. That's basically my description. You're 10 years old when you see that first computer. It looks like a TV with a keyboard. Uh, what did they have you doing on those? Were they having you do like word processing? Were they having you play games on those computers at 10? What, what, what was it that they asked you to do in that in that class? That was a computer class at ten years old. Yeah, the computer yeah, class was the computer class was more of let's see how a computer looked like after seeing it in our books. So we needed to see it, and we were instructed not to touch anything. That was like <laughs> the first session. So we walked through we like we walked through the computer um, room, and it showed us this is a computer. So this is the monitor, you know, and everybody keeps making that same mistake. This is the CPU, whereas that's a storage system unit. <laughs> so this is the CPU. So that must have been driving you crazy. Like, they're like, here's a computer and you're not allowed to touch it. Just look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, it's... Do, they, do they eventually let you put your hands on it and, and do anything with it in this, at this point at 10 years old? No. So, well, I mean, the, another point in time, we needed to go in into the computer room. And we and take note, we are all going in batch, like a group. So no one is allowed to go, I mean, to go on an adventure, to go and sightsee. I mean, no one is allowed to leave the group to go and see, to go and see for himself or to go and do any other stuff. We are going as a group, the teacher is monitoring us and like, it's like, um, this is, when you go into the museum, like group of students going into the museum and the teachers are like, this is a computer. So this is uh, the CPU, this is the monitor. So you are not really allowed to touch, but there was a certain time when we went in and got in, we were like, okay, um, five people will be pressing the keyboard and maybe uh, compose a sentence on the word processor then. So, they are not among the chosen five. That's it. So good. So they just started up with trying to make us see the computer, aside from seeing it in our book, seeing it drawn in our textbooks, and then have a feel of okay, 
touching the keyboard, not that we get seated on it and then carry out an adventure on it, no. So I guess. How does school work in Nigeria? Do you, do you have, like in the US, you have elementary school until sixth grade and junior high school to eight, and then you have like high school going into like 12th grade where you're like 17, 18, and then you can choose university. How does it work in Nigeria? We have the kindergarten section. That's more like the school that people will always refer to as a preschool, like kindergarten. Then that's more like a provision made by private schools but the normal basic school system itself that's the kindergarten actually is before the primary school but that's you know it's not for it's it's more or less like something before the school but the main basic school just starts from primary one so we have a primary section one to six but currently now no more six so some schools based on the schools and the structure of the schools. Some schools could be just from a one to five. Then after which the school I went to was a private school, so it was from primary one to five. After which um, you have the secondary school. The secondary school is now junior secondary school classes, which are three sections. We have JS1. Um, the abbreviation for junior secondary school is JXS. So I'm saying JSS1. Then you have JSS1 to three, that's just JSS sections. Then after the JSS sections, you have the senior secondary section, that's SSS, senior secondary school sections. I mean, senior secondary school, um, we would like to call it layer um, categories. So we, they are also into three sections too. You have SS1, then SS2, then SS3. So these six levels, Altogether, make up the secondary school. That's the schools an individual, the school an individual will go to after he's done with the primary school. I mean, the. the... So how how old are you? How, how old are you when you're when you finish all of the secondary schooling? Are you 16, 17, 18? Are you younger? Yeah, when I finished secondary school, I was around 16, 16. 16, 17 years. Okay. And after which, then I needed to start making plans to get into the university. But let's, I want to stay, I want to stay in your secondary schooling because it sounded like some of the secondary schooling had specific, um, in the U.S. they call these the charter schools where it's a very specific towards a topic. So when you're in your secondary schooling, are you at that point working with, are you learning computers a little bit more? Are you doing programming at that point? Are they teaching any sort of software development in the secondary schooling um, when, you're, when you're in school? Uh, as at that point in time when I was in school, there was no provision for programming. Um, although we still had what we call computer studies, but um, really not strong, no strong preferential treatment was given to um, subjects related to that. Uh, the sciences are much more focused on courses, I mean, subjects like chemistry, physics, biology, maths, further maths, and <laughs> little or no attention was given to computer 
um, study of computer science as at that point in time. But presently, nowadays, now, the basic school structure has been changed. Schools, even as from primary school, the, they started doing a little bit of programming. Well, let's say in Q basic, yeah. Precisely in secondary school from the first um, year in secondary school, programming has been introduced, but it's more or less like pure Q basic command prompt programming. Just that's, uh, that's, that's so, the structure at present. So when you graduate secondary schooling, your your 16, what year is that? What year is that when you graduated? I graduated in the year 2000. 2000. 2000. Okay. So in 2000, you finish your secondary schooling. You're, you're like 17 years old. Um, what are your interests other than school at that point? Are you playing music? Are you playing sports? Are you into something? Because right now you're not really doing computer stuff because it's just not accessible to you. Right. Yeah, I. That's a very good question. At that point in time, I I had that um, interest in football, which we call soccer in the US. Uh, that's a hobby, and I think I kind of love the sports I love the most. And I played table tennis then, also. Then um, aside from that, there is. That hunger, I just wanted to go in this line. I always wanted to study an engineering course, like electrical electronic engineering, because I kind of love the sciences. So I didn't really have a hunger towards the computer science or computer-related course. So I actually had interest in um, studying either electrical, electrical electronic engineering or computer engineering, not um, computer science. All right. So, so let me let me interrupt you then. So, as you're finishing, so while while you're like 14, 15, 16, or 15 through 17, you're you're playing soccer. Um, you're you're, you're kind of doing that part time, but you're you. From the time that you saw the computer, your passion seemed to be to understand how all that hardware worked. It's like it was a magic box, and you wanted to understand uh, the hardware side of things. And so I imagine then that as you're thinking about what's next after your secondary schooling, you're thinking about university and you're thinking about getting into, a, like I guess, an electrical engineering degree, something like that. Yeah, very great. And... The university that did you apply to a bunch of universities locally and and throughout the country or were the options basically just that one like tell me about how the university works there and, and what you were thinking in terms of where you wanted to go and your options i actually had a couple of universities in mind based on my desire i actually wanted to study Either, like I said, electrical, electronic engineering, or computer, computer engineering precisely. So I applied for a couple of universities. So there's a body called uh, Joint Admission Metropolitan Board. It's actually called JAM for short abbreviation. Uh, what I call, oh yeah, that's the abbreviation J 
jump joint admission matriculation board so they you do an you do the exams and if you meet i mean you meet a cut of mark they don't provide you your score your score will be like if, if i score 213 uh that means if i applied for computer engineering in in university take for instance university of lagos and uh, uh computer engineering's cut off mark computer engineering's cut off mark is actually higher than that let's say 250 and that means i will not be able to get that course so uh, in other words i could I, I would miss that year and possibly prepare again for the next year so we have choices with university. You have a first choice or second choice. So the second choice university would be um, there are about three kind of universities in Nigeria. You have it. You have a federal university. You have a state-owned university. Then you have private-owned institutions. So if your cutoff mark does not meet the the first choice, you use the second choice option. And if your cutoff mark still doesn't meet um the choice for the second option of your university then you wait till the next year so that's all if you have enough cash your, your parents are um buoyant enough they can send you to a private university so all right so what i'm hearing is you got to take this test and based on your score you get to choose one of these top end universities and then if the score is not high enough you get an option for the second, and if the score is not high enough, you're not going to university. Is that university, based on your score, is that paid for by the by the state, or you still have to pay out of pocket to go to university? I didn't get that. Does is university free if you get a high enough score, or you still have to? Pay? No, 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 no. It's the out of pay. <laughs> You still, you still have, have to pay. pay. You still have to pay your way through. <clears throat> pay your way through. Uh, I don't think there's any free investing in Nigeria at present. So you pay. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, I think the, the beautiful thing then was that the private, the federal universities are a little bit cheaper because the uh, they are federal universities. They are owned by the federal government. Of Nigeria, so um, their their fees a bit cheaper, so that's why people get to try to uh, there's that rush to go get into a private into a federal university because the fee is could be cheaper when compared yeah, to a state-owned university. Yeah, so that's gotcha, gotcha. What would have so I'm assuming that you got the score you needed and you went to university. What what do what do people do? If they don't get the high enough score, what what is your option? At that, you go and you learn a trade. Is, is that what no, <laughs> no, you could actually go for um, a lower course. I mean, there's, there was this course hierarchy. I would say, will I say, yeah, course hierarchy. Computer engineering was like topmost um, course in most um, conventional universities then. So you have computer engineering, you have elect electrical electronic engineering. So the quarter of mark course, this course is actually high. So you would be looking at many school set, many of those federal schools setting their quarter of mark for such courses to 280. And here you are, you're scoring 224. You didn't get to that quarter of mark. So they will opt to give you maybe you won't study. I mean, they will opt to give you 
biochemistry or they give you chemistry or they give you do you want to study physics this and uh, those courses are courses that you know, they feel your cut mark uh, they feel with your cut mark you should be able to do well in them so that was a state system in those days so it sounds like you got the score you need though right you got the score that you needed and you got into electrical engineering which is that is that like a four-year degree at that point you go to university for four more years no it's no it's five years the school i attended is five years why because five they years. they give they, they give you um btech the the degree is a bachelor of technology degree which um i would say it's much more practical oriented compared to you having a bsc so um my journey through tech i mean sorry my journey into the university itself um is a bit of well i say it's a bit tricky at that point in time when i needed to get admission into university i tried um that particular exam like twice or thrice still i couldn't meet up with all i mean the cut of marks for some of those courses so um but by then many of those universities started other means of you getting admission rather than use a central organized body as a means of getting into the university so the school i think the uh, federal university of technology in Korea uh, provided another means of getting into the university and that was true what we call a pre-degree course so you enroll for a pre-degree course you do well in the pre-degree course you get it, the, the the course of your choice so i started up with a pre-degree course and it was from the pre-degree course and i did uh, this during the pre-degree course i still did this exam again this jam exams and I enrolled for the pre-degree course in the hope that the school had a computer engineering course, not knowing that uh, the school had computer science. So they were like, okay, this guy is applying for computer engineering. Uh, we don't have computer engineering, so it's a mistake. He made a mistake, so I guess he meant computer science. So I was hoping to go <laughs> to the engineering section, then I found myself in. <laughs> So you 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 got into computer science kind of as a I don't want to say a mistake but just not realizing that that's what that's that university. So were you living you're living at home at this point or you're living on your own when you're going to the university? How's that working? Do you have a job while you're going while you're doing all this? Uh, at a point in time, I really didn't have a job. Uh, it's not. I mean, currently now, I would say, I think the thought that didn't cross my mind to possibly learn a trade as to, I mean, to, to, to kind of be able to cater for myself. But at that point in time, my parents were responsible for the bills. So my mind was, I need to get to university. I need to get into the university to study a course. My mates are already into... <laughs> the universities and you know you are not yet into university because you couldn't make meet up uh, meet the cut of marks and so you won't have that time to even sit down and say you won't start up i mean you want to start a trade or you want to start you because you believe you get to university then that means once you're done with university then success 
your success story can begin from there. So that's that mindset we had as youths or yeah, as teenagers when growing up. So your parents paid for the university? Yeah. Yes, my parents paid for the university. Nice. All right. Do you have do you have siblings? Do you have any other brothers, brothers and sisters? Uh, yeah, uh, I have sisters. I'm the only boy. I'm the fourth boy amongst four girls. So you're the youngest. And yeah, I'm I'm the I'm the I'm the most elder. Well, let's say the yeah, I'm the elder of four of five. Let's say the elder of five children. Oh, you're the old. Okay, you're the oldest of all the. Of all your siblings. Okay, I got you. I got you. So it's interesting what you said because in, you just said that your success story can't begin until you finish university. It was in your head that you had to, before your life could actually begin, you had to finish university. Is that is that what I heard? That's more like a mindset that has been drilled, drilled into the minds of every um teenager so there's there are a lot of songs to even back that up like um you if you read your books then in the future you'll be able to wear a shoe a good shoe if you don't read your books i mean if you read your books you get into the university then you have a successful story but if you don't read your books you won't be able to get into university then you have to like end up being someone that learns a trade so there's that mindset that intruded into um, into teenagers while they were young, while we are we were all young. So we have that mindset to always, okay, I must get to university, I must get to university. So that's that's it for. It sounds like a lot of pressure. And then when you didn't when you didn't get the the score you needed, you must have felt really. How did you feel when you didn't get that cutoff score? Yeah. Felt so bad, like, man. I, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it's it's so painful. Like, you feel you feel so bad. Like, you feel dejected. You feel rejected. You feel like God. I prayed. I, I read. I did all I could do, and sometimes you. Such an individual becomes. I, I I really don't want to say it could push someone to commit suicide, but I feel the, the the pain behind you, an individual missing out, getting admission into university for three consecutive years, can can actually make him to have mental health issues, because. He, 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 among his peers, he will feel like something's wrong with him. I don't know. No, I, I, I get it because they're ingraining in you from the time you're young that you got to be in university. You got to be in university. You're working hard. You don't get that score. Suddenly you're not in university and it's like, well, you told me I can't be successful unless I'm in university. I mean, yeah, that has to be just heartbreaking. Yeah. So, but you, your path to university was one where they allowed you to kind of take some classes and prove your, prove that you could be in university that way, right? Is that what you said? So you got to take some preliminary classes? Yeah, 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 exactly. 
you take those preliminary classes, you realize that the university you're doing that in doesn't have the computer engineering you want, but they do have this thing called computer science, and you're, and you're like, okay, I'll do that, right? And then what was, your, what was that, what did they teach you in that computer science um, degree that you got? What was the, what were they teaching you programming at that point? What, what was that? That was the first time I got um, exposed to programming. I would say um, that I, I actually, I actually never, never ever programmed. Not until I got to the university. I was like, when I was 20, how old was I? I think 21 or 22, thereabouts. So it took you three years to get into university from the time that you graduated. You didn't give up. But what were you doing in those three years? Were you, okay, okay, hold on a second. In the gap of the three years where you did not give up because you knew that you needed to go to university, what are you doing in between? Are you, you have to be working, you have to be making money, you have to be doing something. At a point in time, um, things weren't so rosy for my parents anymore. So uh, I actually picked up a teaching job. I taught as a teacher in a secondary school, sorry, in a primary school. Um, I, then I, once in a while, I put students through in math. I was actually good in maths when I was in school, very good such that um, I had to enroll. I mean, so I, I had to provide training sessions for students who are also preparing for maybe or call. Um, so you were like a, you were like a ment like a tutor in a sense. Yeah. So you were teaching classes at second and you were, I find it amazing that they, in the States here, you can't be a teacher without like, Almost, I mean, you got to finish your undergraduate university and then go towards your graduate. So they were letting you teach at the at the primary level um, without that. But that must have been nice. I mean, did you not think at some point that this could be my career, um, teaching and, and tutoring kids? It sounds like you didn't like it. It was just a means to an end to get get into university. I would want to say it's a means to an end. I needed to be able to support my parents. Uh, you know, we, I'm not the only one who needs to get educated. So the others are lining up there to get educated. Um, and I think my parents actually um, would have not really had up to five children if they had a boy after me or after my immediate junior. So, you know, we're like five. We are five, and each of these five children also need to be educated. So yeah. now I'm done. I'm done with secondary school, and I've tried to get admission to university. I couldn't get it, so I have to start supporting. You know, when you're able to teach in a school, uh, primary school, at that point in time, you get paid also for each month. At least you could put your, you could give a little bit of support to your parents. So, but that was just, it was just an, a means to an end. But it was a good job. I mean, I think I, you must have been happy when you got that job, no? Yeah. So, sounds like a good job. I mean. It, it does, but um, it really, in, I think it, it, it depends on a couple of factors. 
being a teacher at that point in time was not like uh, what most youths of my age group would um, uh, use as a second choice in terms of a career. Why I'll say that is we don't see teachers as people who are doing well in life, I would say, although they have the opportunity to be able to impact their knowledge. But that's just the way it is over here. So, so basically, like, if somebody asked you what you were doing, you would want to avoid saying that you were teaching? I just, you, you know, basically <laughs> what I would say is I'm just managing somewhere in a wow. primary school. That's really interesting. I mean, I don't think we treat teachers well enough in the United States, but I think we respect anybody going into the profession because we know how difficult it is and how little it pays here in the U.S. So I find that super interesting that it's, you almost have that same sort of um, perception. Okay, let's, let's, get, let's get going here. So you eventually get into university to do the computer science. What, what programming languages are you learning? Um, at this point, you said you're 20, and we said four years. So you're 21 starting university, and it's a five-year program. So you're not going to be done until you're like 26, right? Yes. All right. So what year, what year was it when you were 21? What year was it when you started university? We've we got to be talking 2004. 2004. Okay. So 2004, you're going to start your five-year degree. Um, we know you're not going to really be done until you're about 25 or 26. So what programming languages? So 2004, 2008. So you'll be done around 2009. Okay. So what programming languages are they teaching you? What kind of other courses are they teaching you here in this university? Uh, the first programming language I ever, ever encountered was Fortran 12. Is it Fortran 12? Yeah, Fortran. Fortran. It was, it was like, ah, what's... What's this all about? And being more of a mass-oriented mass student, I, okay, you know, when you're in university, you, you get to do courses from other um, departments, like you do maths, you still do a, a couple of A-level maths. And while I was in, school, in the university, then I did some math courses and I was scoring my A's, the A's I was scoring for some of those math courses were so high i could score like the a itself starts the grade a starts with 70. for most of those math courses i could score like 80 82 83. so my a was actually high so i was like hmm is it not like for instance the three math courses we did i had like a's for all of them and i was like man i think i'll be much more better in the math so I was even beginning to think about, you were thinking about becoming a mathematician at that point, right? Yeah, at that point in time. Let me ask you a question then, because if your math, your math skills are super high. So were, were you having problems with like reading, reading comprehension? That, that's because in the U.S. You, you get tested on like math and then it's all right. You get two kind of sets of scores. So what was slowing you down in terms of all the education. Obviously, it wasn't the math side of it. What were you, what, what classes were you not doing well in? Yeah, the courses I didn't really do well in was, for instance, for, for instance, the the, the Fortran. 
um, program language was a bit, it, yeah, I, I just couldn't even get a good grip of it at first. The, the computer courses that were introduced to us in the first year was a bit um, technical to me, why? Now, I will give you an instance. Imagine me, a computer science student, I don't have a system. I have no laptop, I have no desktop. I have no PC precisely, so it affected me all through my first year, second year, third year. I couldn't get a system. I couldn't get a even a a, a desktop system. I couldn't even get one. They didn't have a lab. One. Wait, wait, wait. They didn't have a lab where you could do your work. Yeah, the lab is they, they do, but our lab is not easily accessible. So sometimes we only go to the lab when you have your session, you have a class session that will demand for that. So you don't just go to the lab. The lab is not that big. It's a whole lot of system. The lab is, it's... So how are you supposed to do your homework? How are you supposed to do your programming? You had to do it on paper? Yeah, we did, we did it on paper. So that's... Oh my goodness. So that's more of one of the drawbacks in my journey in computing, I discovered not having a system all through while I was in year one. I got a system when I was in year five, the last year. And I was like, wow, if I had this earlier, I could have been able to do well. Why were you able to get it in year five? You you were, you were finally had some money, you, you were working. Yeah, at that point in time, I I had to, um, okay, when you get to the year, year four, the fourth year, yeah, you, you you get to do your industrial training, like more like a training for you, you get the opportunity to use six months to go do something related to your course of study. So I was opportunity to go to do something related to my course of study, and it was more of in a computer hardware firm where they manage um hardware, computer hardware for most of the banks in a, in Nigeria. So I got paid and with the little money I was able to get, I was able to gather to get a desktop. So that was... Oh, so it was almost like they get, by, by year four, you had almost, I guess what we'd call an internship? Yeah, internship, that's the right word. So I did, a, I had uh... a six, six month internship. So by, and that's like this, um, the second parts of the fourth year you know like the every year for every every year in the university is like in two semesters you have first semester and the second semester so you get to do the internship in the second semester and it was in the second semester i was able to get i mean that second semester where we go for internship i was able to gather a couple of gather cash and then then get the uh, desktop which i started mm. using for my fifth year that had to be so hard i I remember my freshman year in university, they wanted to teach us uh, assembly on a PDP-11, but there were no PDP-11s, and we all had to do it on paper. And I was like, I'm out of this university. I can't do this. And that's basically what you did for four years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So That's tough, man. Although I had a couple of friends whose parents were buoyant enough to get them laptops. You know, students who have laptops, we're looked up as, we're looking them, 
looking at them as gods. These guys have the laptop. So laptop was a, a, a precious, like a precious stone. I'll put it that way. Yeah. You having a laptop, you'll be respected. So your that's that shows that your parents can afford to get you a laptop. So people who had laptops then were, were able to do it, I'll say a bit well. But we have to struggle all through. So one of the courses I did was in first year was Fortran. And that exposed me a bit, but I had to read and read. You know, you, you just keep on reading as if you are, it's not like maths, you read this and you can practice it, no? It's a bit different. So Fortran, then later on we got to do HTML. I was just like, what is, uh, I just, many of the courses I just did in computer, computer related courses were done to, that were done to build up our knowledge in computers was in the computer was done by me in such a way that I also had to read to pass the course, those courses. So we got to do a GML, we did PHP, no, we did um, Perl, year three, we did Perl, yeah, same year two, sorry, year two, we did Perl, year three, we did Java, we did assembly. So imagine we doing all those, Courses and you don't have a system. It's oh going to be God. tough. So I don't know how you did it. Okay, so so let's push push forward a little bit. So you, you're able to at least start to get some internships at the end of this uh, at your degree, and you do finish the degree, which is great. So do you have a job now as you finish this this degree? Is it where you're interning, or you have to go find find how how easy is it or how hard is it to find work in this field once once you graduate it's actually not easy why because um once you're done with school you still as a student in order to be done with uh, um, everything that is expected of you as a graduate university Expected one is expected, every Nigerian youth is expected to serve the nation for a year. They call it there's a program called NYC, it's called National Youth Service Corps. So that program is meant for everyone who passed through the gates of a university to um, go through and you serve um, you, you as an individual from a particular state could be given an assignment in other states to serve the nation and what that means is you could be posted to a school you could be posted to a company some people could be posted to um ngos federal organizations okay wait 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 i've never heard this before so if you if you graduate university you now have to do a year of service at either some government or non-government organization and you have to do that for a year I, I i imagine that you're getting paid for that because it sounds like they can assign you far away from where you live i mean it, it, it's got to be a pay it's you're getting paid right you're getting paid but they're gonna tell you they're gonna tell you where you're going you don't really have a choice you don't really have a choice, but still, some people still tweak it. 
the tweak it and it gets uh, for people who are much more influential, they who experience work in big organization, they can't get to. I mean, but this doesn't sound like a bad deal because it gives you an opportunity to get some work experience for a year and you're getting paid. So is there what's the what's the negative aspect of the of this service? Yeah, the negative aspect of this service is um, that the most available um, okay out of every let me see out of a 10 out of a hundred um, youths that will be posted, let's see, 90 or let's see, oh, let's see, 80, 80 of them definitely know that they are going to teach in one very, very, very local uh, secondary school or uh. a local primary school somewhere in in the rural areas, so. I see, you're gonna to have to go in country, out of the city to teach at a really local, I mean, you're, you're, you're helping really areas of, of greater poverty, right? To go in there and then you have to live there for a year. What, what, it, what, it, what was your service? I kind of find that really interesting and fascinating. I mean, how else would those communities find teachers otherwise, right? I mean, what's your feeling now as a 38-year-old about, about the service from a, from a community and a country perspective? Do you think now as you're older that this is something that, that is good or are you still, because I'm getting a sense that as you graduate, you're like, oh no, they're gonna put me in the middle of the country and I don't wanna be there, I really don't wanna do this. But looking back at it now as, as a 38-year-old, Okay, apparently now I, I think it's good, but I, I feel we still we still believe it's more like a waste of time because um, we, we tend to feel they took a year from us after we've, you know, there's this popular saying that to get to the university in Nigeria, you have to, you have to strive to get, to stay alive in Nigeria, you have to still strive. Now you're done with the university, you still have to strive to um, make headways. But now when you look at the number of years you've wasted possibly before you got into university, so a couple of people could spend like four or five years, then you're now finishing with the university, then you're now being told to serve again for one year. So everything's like, these people are really taking a whole number, of, a lot of years away from us. And somehow we still, I, we just see that um, it has its own backside, bad side, I would say. So that's just it. So in a way, we see it as being good. We're helping the nation. But still, to help the nation, we feel we sacrificed. We're sacrificing our years to still help the nation. Um, so somehow, that is a sweet bit of taste in the mouth, I would say. Where did you end up? going for your service? Did you end up teaching in one of these local communities? Yeah, I taught in a very local community. I was employed as a teacher who taught, I mean, who teach rather. I teach in maths, for the maths um, 
physics, then chemistry, then computer. So now I get to teach a whole lot of subjects and sometimes it's, you don't get to see people who can do this uh, easily. People can transition from one subject to another, even after leaving second school for five, six years. So for the organization, for the school where I got to teach, I think they were lucky to have me because I could still do well in chemistry, still do well in physics, but that into biology and still was still able to do well in maths and for the maths. Those are more, those are the core courses, sorry, courses um, for science students. So that, that's, those are the subjects I taught and also computer studies. What 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 happens what happens if you decide I'm not going to do this? They put you in jail. Like, is it that that level of serious? Um, if you decide you, that I said, some other people who are who are that influence are able to tweak it and make their children go to where they want them to go. So you could be in the states and you are posted to like five six states away from where you are presently residing. And not, some parents would not want their children to go that far. So, so if you don't want to, your children to go that far, you could tweak it. You meet the right authorities and you tweak it. I, I, I believe that it starts a little bit of influence. You have an influence, but it's not that make it open that you can come around to tweak it. No, it's things. Th these are things that are done on the ground. Right, but what what are right? I but that's every yeah i'm saying the consequence is to go to jail though for that no year. you don't go so oh you don't go to jail so what happens what if henry says i ain't going what are you going to do about it you, you could actually end up not going and get to start um a job start a trade i mean get to do what you want to do nobody will but the truth behind is is in those days like there was this belief that um you always be asked for your um, NYSC certificate before you can get a job. So I think the laws in Nigeria then were like, uh, I believe the laws are no more like that again now, but still yet the, for you to get um, a job possibly in if at the federal level or at states or local level, and you happen to be graduates, You'll be told to present a couple of all these stuffs and a couple of, I mean, you'll be told to present your certificates. And if you, if you had then done the service, you are at an upper, I mean, you, you will be given more of a merit. No, essentially, you want to work for me. And I say, show me where you did your service. And you said, I didn't go. And I'm going to say, then I can't hire you. So. Basically, basically, you were taking a risk in not doing it both. I mean, both from an economic standpoint, but I, I would also imagine from a from a ethical, I don't know, or maybe moral standpoint, right? Because if you're in a group of people and they all did their service and you were like, nah, I didn't do it. I mean, I don't think that would look that would wouldn't look good for you either, right? No, no, no. That that um, there even among your peers, if you happen to be one of such who didn't do it. It doesn't really take anything off you. 
but I think the push to do it then was just basically to get um, to to have all the requirements needed for you to get employment in many of these organizations. Like many of the multinational organizations requires you to um, have, I mean, they will put that particular certificate as one of their requirements. So you want to work in an oil company, like um, we have a couple of Chevron oil companies in Nigeria, Chevron, you have Shell, or you want to work in an indigenous oil company, and NPC. So they all require you to still have this. So I know everybody wants to work in an oil company. There's this drive to, I want to work in a very good place. And for most of the very good places, they will require you, they, they, they'll get to ask you. Even banks, if you want to work as a as um, a worker in the bank, you still require you to have this. But the recent printing now, things are not like that anymore. There are many more new um, private, privately owned organizations that don't really give a damn about the certificates, that certificate. As long right. as right. you can do the job. Yeah. Okay, I get it. So um, we got like 15 more minutes left. So I want to make sure that we get some time here now after after you do your service. I, I honestly, I, I kind of really love the that idea of people doing service. I don't know why it had to be restricted to university, but I think there's something really I don't think it was a waste of your time at the end of the day. I, 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 I'm going to believe that as you get older, you're going to realize that that wasn't. <laughs> and I hear you saying, you know, I already wasted five years to go through university. And I, now I, you're making me waste another year before I get into the job market. Um, and that's interesting to me. But um, yeah. All right. But let's. OK. So you finish your service. Now you're unemployed. <laughs> so. So we're now talking 2010, right? We're talking around 2010? Yeah, 2010. What do you do now, right? You come back home and you're unemployed now, but you got all this education. You did your service. So what's your next step? Is Nigeria your only option for work or are there companies maybe in Europe, Asia uh, that are also hiring? Like, like. Where do you go to now? Because are you looking, I'm assuming you're looking for a programming job at this point too, or you don't particularly care what the work is? At this point in time, I hadn't really gotten a good grip on programming, I would say, because of uh, the structure that was on the ground in the journey towards this part, towards me obtaining a degree. So um, the option was to try and just get a job that at least I could use to assist my parents because at this point in time, things uh, weren't going well too much for my parents, my mom and my dad. So I needed to just get a job. And the first job I got was a teaching job, still in a secondary school right now. So I taught again for like a year, no, like eight months. And after which, I decided to really now uh, build myself in my career. So in trying to apply for um, tech-related jobs, and I have to sit down to ask myself, what really do I want to do in, in, I mean, 
to make? What do I want to actually be in respect to the course I study? Do I want to be a software engineer? Do I want to be a database expert? Do I want to be a database admin? Do I? So that's where the thoughts started coming in. So, and I'm like, if I'm to be a software engineer, I have to go and get a good group of programming. So I discovered I couldn't get a job directly as a, a as a fresh student because I don't have the skills at that point in time. So what I did was to just start training myself um, through the help of people or through other means. So luckily for me, then I met a guy, I saw a guy at the Saba Cafe. I actually went to the Saba Cafe. I just, you know, now if you in Nigeria, we have this, um, okay, you want to get access to the internet and um, there's a business, like a center where people can go and buy time for internet access. You have a lot of option. I mean, um, you have a couple of systems you could use. You get what to use the system. They give you a system. And so it was in one of those periods I met a guy. I discovered he could build a website. And I was like, can you teach me how to do this? I went to school, but uh, I think I was not able to get a good grip of it because I didn't get have a system. So while I was teaching, I was able to get a system to use. <clears throat> now, a laptop, that was the first time I was able So wait, wait, hold on, hold on a second. So you're talking about like one of these like internet cafes that you would you'd be able to go and jump on a computer and access the internet and... You'd rent that out for an hour or two, right? That's so you were doing that, and you met somebody who was building websites. Did this person end up deciding to teach you how to build websites while you were there? You had to, he was doing that for free. Or you had to pay him. I had to pay him like twenty thousand naira. I paid him to put me through. So he used Dreamweaver, and he just showed me a couple of things, and. Uh, from there, and they gave me projects to work on. So that's all right. So twenty thousand naira is like just about fifty dollars US. I mean, that seems like that that had to be a lot of money for you at the time. Yeah, that was exactly like the salary for a month. That was the salary for a month. Yeah, uh, that had to be a lot. So you paid him the fifty, or you paid him the twenty thousand, and. Did he teach you what it is you wanted to learn? Were you able yeah. to start building websites? What was the first yeah. website you built? Uh, I, I actually built the first website I built is a site that was meant for a a lawyer. I think he was into law. He's a lawyer, so and he provided an NGO service. It provides an NGO service as at that point in time. So, so I had to use templates. What I mean is I use web templates. I just go online and I saw sites. I saw sites where you can download templates from and I'll tweak the site. Sure, I, I was doing that too back in the day. I mean, why not? That's the best way to go. Pick a style you like, download the template and fill it in. Like, yeah. You've now learned how to build websites, right? It's got to be about 2011, 2012. You've got the internet cafe. This is around the time where you're finally able to buy your own laptop, you're saying. How much did you pay for the laptop? I mean, I can't even imagine what that... And it couldn't have been a new one, right? It had to be used, or was it new? 
I bought a, a there's all called an empty um, laptop. I mean, a laptop that doesn't come, that doesn't come with um, any operating system, but it's, it's new. So that makes it much more cheaper. It's brand new. That's like a, a, an HP laptop without a Microsoft, um, with no operating a Windows, with no operating system. So it's new. And how much did so you, you pay for that laptop? That's like 60,000 there at the end. 60,000. So like $145 US. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money, right? I mean, I guess I would say for a laptop, I don't know, maybe I got for a laptop, $145, even in 2011, doesn't seem that expensive. Did you feel like it was expensive? I mean, I'm, I'm bearing cash. Like, that seems kind of reasonable, right? It was, I, I, I saw it as being expensive. Why? Because the laptop I bought then was more, the, the, the specification for that laptop was more of on the medium, very, not, I won't say on the medium, I'll say printly now is on the low. A four gig RAM, a, let's say 500 gig add disk, and HP 15 laptop, and, and the speed is one, the gig, that's, I think the processor speed should be like 1.9 gigahertz. I know, Henry, I but, but it's faster than what you had before. Yeah, so, yeah, it was, it was. <laughs> so what did you end up doing then? I guess you had to put Linux on it because you needed something that was free, right? Uh, or did you, or did you no. put Windows on it? What Windows. You you there's a place Windows in, on... Yeah, there's a place in computer uh, in Nigeria. They call it Computer Village, somewhere in Lagos. So you could just get a Windows and then you... We don't want anybody going after Henry here. So you paid for your Windows license, Henry? <laughs> Back then you needed that Windows, that key. <laughs> I didn't pay for Windows for, I don't even know how long it was before I ever paid for a Windows license in some form or another. <laughs> so you got Windows on there. Okay, so you have your laptop, you have Windows now. You're learning how to do web pages. Let's, we, we got like 10 minutes here. so. Um, we're just coming into that time now, 2012, 2013, where Go is starting to kind of pop up. So tell me here for the kind of the rest of the time we have, when does kind of Go pop up on your radar screen? And when is that the programming language you start learning? Yeah. Let me now make it a bit faster now. So in the year 2014, 15, I got a job as a software trainer. It's an organization where you train people with, um, I mean, you train students to learn how to write programs. So I was supposed to see programming language. That was after getting my own laptop. So um, I taught students, like, imagine you teaching like three different groups of students on C and you are going to use the same syllables. You know, it's more like you get, you get good at it in a way. So that really helped me taught people on, I mean, three different groups of students on C. Then after which, uh, once they're done with that, they need to get to learn Java. So in the course of that, I started getting good grips of the fundamentals of programming years after school. So gradually, I kind of left that job for to be an Android developer by the year 2015. 
I started seeking for job as an Android developer because I felt, wow, Android is the happening thing then. So I made sure that while I was in as a software trainer, I learned Java, called Java. And after that, I got down to, I got a couple of jobs here and there as an Android developer. At least one of them lasted for a year. And after which, by the year 2017, I got called up for an interview somewhere in an organization. And getting to that organization, I was, I passed, I did the exam, I did a text, and the text was in Java. I just, you can use any language you want. So I decided to use, I think I used Java and I used C. Then the man told me they were using a new language called Golang. I was like, what is Golang? Then <laughs> I started like Golang. I never heard of that. And he introduced, he gave me like a three months to learn the language. I spent like three months learning this language. And I saw, in a way, C helped me. I call C like, I see C as the windows to all programming languages. So having gotten a good grip of C, a reasonable grip of C, I started learning Go. I mean, I, I find it hard to relate with people saying Go is simple. Then at the same time, Go is simple, but when you try to read it to understand it, at first you get lost. So I'm like, how do you relate this? Go is in, on the site, you see on the Go site, you see it's a simple, language as as in that's like i think that simple word should even be erased that's for me i feel like code doesn't look simple you know with the convention of uh doing things code looks a bit different from the normal flow so i i was like i can't do this language so it got to a point i was almost leaving the job but i think um the same man who introduced me to this language um, kind of mentored me also and advised us that go uh, be a language for the future. And I still didn't want to budge. I still kept on looking for other jobs. But along the way, I think I stayed with them for like two years and eight months, nine months using Go. And ever since then, I was like, wow, this indeed is a language for the future. Yeah, like that 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 boss of yours was right, right? I mean, it was the it was a that those three years were not a waste of your time. <laughs> but you know what I find you know what I find interesting about your story, Henry? Throughout your throughout your entire say working life, from the time you were you know finishing secondary university all the way even till now, you've primarily have been a teacher. Right? <laughs> you always end up in the classroom one way or another. And even though it seems like you're saying that teachers don't have this high level of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like respect, uh, which I find crazy. You always end up in one form or another back in the classroom teaching and mentoring. And I have a strong feeling that at work, you're constantly teaching and mentoring as well. And I have a strong feeling that you're going to be doing teaching again before this is all over. <laughs> Do you find yourself doing a lot of mentoring and teaching at, 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 in your job? For the new software engineers that were employed in my 
where I work. Like, okay, I think where I work, I got exposed to a couple of new ways of doing things, like getting to use testing tools or testing libraries. Like Testify is one of the libraries we use for carrying out tests. I mean, writing tests for both the storage layers for our MVC structure for controllers, write tests for controllers. So I needed to be able to train some of the software engineers that we, um, that we employed on how we get to write our tests because writing, using the tests, using Go in build tests, um, some of like, for instance, most of us were more into using Go's in build test, but um, with they coming in, I mean, with me getting to the an organization where they get to use something different, and I've learned it. I needed to, to put these guys through. And when they have challenges, I put them through and now they resolve the challenges. So I part-time I get to mentor a couple of people. And sometimes I still do that to, I mean, not people in the organization where I work, but also people outside the organization where I work. So basically, yes, I still get to train people I, even I, I think, in the university. Yeah, I think your core DNA is is teaching. And mentoring and it keeps coming back to that and i find that super interesting so all right we are out of time uh henry i i really appreciate you giving us uh the hour plus of your time to kind of tell your story I, I to me it was fascinating because um i don't know much about your country and and, and i have a little experience so it, it was really fun and interesting to hear kind of how you grew up and all of that. If anybody has anything, if anybody wants to reach out to you after listening to this to ask you questions or need some mentoring, Henry, um, <laughs> how could they find you on the internet? What's the best way for somebody to reach out to you? Okay. Um, the fastest way to reach out to me is via my Gmail, E-R-E-B, then xylophone X, then E, egg e for egg then snake s we'll, we'll put that on the show notes we'll put that on the show notes so that uh, so your email your gmail account which will be in the show notes what about twitter what on twitter my twitter account is still using that same user id erab xylophone x then e then snake s gotcha at All right. twitter yeah. So we'll get that. We'll get that out too. I really appreciate your time, Henry. This was uh, this was really fascinating. So thank you again for for being on the show. This is a great honor. I I I would say I never even expected that out of the blues, my I, I that I will be uh, called up by well-known Bill, Mr. Bill Kennedy, <laughs> to give my own journey and experience in terms of tech. I'm, I'm, I'm really honored to be put on this show. Yeah, we're, 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 honored, we're honored to have you. This is Bill Kennedy and Henry with the Arn Labs podcast. Thank you for listening and hope to see everybody again real soon.